0: This is Cornstalks and Sports Talk, your go-to Iowa-based sports show, hosted by the one and only Elliot Clough.
1: What's up, Cedar Valley, and hello to the Hawkeye State. This is Cornstocks and Sports Talk, your Iowa-based sports show here on AM950, KOEL, and KOEL.com, as well as YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. Make sure that wherever you're at, if you're listening online, you leave that rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, like, and subscribe on YouTube. Drop a comment if you think I'm a moron with these takes that I'm going to bring on today's episode of Cornstalks and Sports Talk. So my name is Elliot Clough at Elliot Clough on Twitter. I'm a UNI insider for Town Square Media. We got great stuff ahead on today's episode. Nick Osen of 24-7 Sports and Cyclone Alert is going to be back to tell us about that 2023 recruiting class, number six in the country for Iowa State. And then... And only then, Sean Bach doing the same thing for Iowa. They're a top, they got three recruits, excuse me, three recruits in the top 150. So both great classes for Iowa and Iowa State. You know, I covered you and I's 2023 recruiting class after Wes Rubin committed. And now all three are signed, Kyle Polk and RJ Taylor. So you can go back and find that uh, anywhere we got our podcast or on YouTube as well. But first, coming from me, your UNI insider for Town Square Media. We're going to talk a little bit about UNI and this coming recruiting class for football because some big news as to who's going to be added to that class as of last night or as of Thursday night, as well as a uh, Braylon Camrad playing in the Iowa state high school football playoffs, just look, took his team to a second straight state championship game and uh, looking to repeat and, and win that title as well. So, Let's go first to Camrad and his play. I watched the first half mostly last night because he didn't really play after that. Uh, Lewis Central had a 35-0 lead over Carlisle at halftime. And three touchdown passes by Braylon Camrad, along with uh, 275 yards and 75% completion percentage. So far this season, even prior to last night, he's looked freaking awesome. Camrad is legit. He is every bit uh, a solid FCS quarterback recruit, two-star on on rivals, not rated on, on 24-7 sports, but he's right on that fringe of being two-star, three-star. He He's gotten offers from a ton of really, really good MBFC schools. So he, he's he's a really talented kid. Again, part of that 2023 recruiting class for you. And I know the, the, the class hasn't signed yet, but he is a hard commit. And so, Along with winning that state championship in 2021, this season now, so far, he has completed 159 passes. He's completed 68.8% of his attempted passes, 2,500 yards passing, 2,521 to be exact, and 32 touchdowns to just two interceptions the whole season. The Titans are undefeated. Lewis Central, out of Council Bluffs, by the way, I've been able to see him live because there in Council Bluffs, and I finally got to see him last night uh, in the state, the state uh, semifinals against Carlisle. But wow, Braylon Camrad is as advertised. You know, recently with the addition of Theo Day and, and Matt Morrissey, both transfers, it hasn't really been the the grassroots recruiting development that is what we know in the history of Coach Mark Farley leading the UNI Panthers. Of course, you go back and you look at Eli Dunn. You look at uh, Aaron Bailey. You look at Breon Carnes. This goes way back, and and some of those guys may have spent time elsewhere. That was before my time covering the team. But Will McIlvain, who started with the team, uh, Jacob Keller, who was in the running for the starting position before McIlvain took it. These guys started with the UNI football program and worked their way up. Sawyer, Cole Morgan even worked their way up to a starting position. And now Theo Day coming in from Michigan State, Matt Morrissey from Trinity Valley Community College may have very well changed things up for the way UNI does things with their quarterback uh, the quarterback position. But Braylon Camrad he is hopefully going to stick around in Cedar Falls for a while and, and be a guy that, that ultimately gets that starting job. Uh, for for you and I, but to to before we before we get to that before we get to the future of Camrad and and what he's going to do in Cedar Falls, uh, he was awesome last night, on Thursday night in every every conceivable way. Every pass that I saw from him either was caught or should have been caught. It was, if I remember correctly. Maybe this isn't the case, but there was a draft pass in the end zone, so he could have had four touchdown passes. That may have been, uh, he may have thrown a touchdown pass later on that same drive, but he was damn near perfect. When you look at what he brings to the table, he's bigger in person. Compare him to what you, you see from his teammates that are also super talented. Obviously, a state championship team. He's a lot bigger than them. He's quick. His, his release is quick enough. The, the staff in Cedar Falls, sure, will probably work on that a little bit. But it's already pretty quick. And I mean, the kid is accurate. And he has a great deep ball, too. He is everything you want in a quarterback in terms of the tangibles. Obviously, I don't know the kid personally, so I'll I'll want to speak to him at some point in time to get more of a gauge on who he is as a person. But he's clearly confident. That's an intangible. And like I said, 285 yards, 75% completion percentage and three touchdown passes in the first half. In the first half, three touchdown passes, barely even played in the second. I don't even know if he did because it was just already a route of Carlisle. And now they're moving on to the state championship game. They're playing the number one team in the in the state, Cedar Rapids Xavier. So it's gonna be a really fun game next week. I'll definitely be watching that. And you can follow along on my Twitter feed. I, I believe they play Friday next week. I, I'm not I'm not positive. Maybe I don't yeah. That's what I'm thinking. But look, in regards to what he's going to do at UNI, he's not going to play right away. That's not what's going to happen. Theo has another year left. After that, you got uh, a year after in Matt Morrissey, assuming he sticks around, assuming he gets that starting job. He's a redshirt sophomore this year. Then you got redshirt freshman Aiden Dunn. And you got redshirt sophomore Nate Martins, who might compete with Matt Morrissey. I, I don't think that's going to happen. But redshirt freshman Aiden Dunn, who's clearly shown that he's a gamer. And then you got Matthew Shekelman who's a freshman, who I'm assuming is redshirting because why wouldn't you? And he can sling it. All, all, Both Morrissey and Sheckleman, like I've said, they can sling it. Nate Martins was the top recruit, quarterback recruit in the FCS the year he came out and went to UNI. And Aiden Dunn is Eli Dunn's cousin. Aiden's a gamer. He can run. He's confident. I have really enjoyed watching Aiden play in the the bit that I've been able to in practice and the experience that he's gotten in games. But um, I, I just I really like Camrad. I I think that he'll make an impact sooner or later. Um, whether it's I mean, he's a sophomore, junior, senior, whatever happens, he's gonna play in a Panther uniform sooner rather than I mean sooner or later rather. He's talented, man. He's he's a prototypical quarterback. He's dual threat. He's just been really fun, and I think that's a great pickup for you and I. They got him over schools like USD, and he had interest from uh, Iowa State, North Dakota State, and I believe we had an offer from South Dakota State as well when I looked it up. It was several other smaller schools offered him, and then uh, Iowa State had interest as well. So. Camrad, he's looked really good. I would really recommend anybody who's interested watching him play next week in the Dome. Um, go out and go to the game if you can. Um, and now on to that newest commit for UNI, UNI football. This came out of nowhere, to be frank with you. Grant Larkin from Naperville, Illinois, and I believe it's Nequa Valley High School. He committed last night, Thursday night. Seemingly out of nowhere. I didn't know this was going to happen. I had no idea. I didn't have any information on on Larkin. I saw a tweet that said he was going to commit. He had already followed me. And so I just thought he was another football recruit that that followed me on Twitter. And he had previously been committed to North Dakota State. So I assumed he was going to be looking at maybe a... Power, not Power Five, but you know a, 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 a what a group of five school that may have swept in and said, "Hey, we can give you money or, or what have you." But no, he decided to commit to UNI after decommitting from North Dakota State. And I'll tell you a little bit more about him. He's a three-star recruit according to Twenty Four Seven Sports, listed as an athlete. And if you look at his tape, look at what he's done for Nequa Valley High School this season, you'll understand why. He's played wide receiver, running back, safety. uh, Let's see here. He's returned punts and kicks. He's played a little pass rusher and quarterback in the Wildcat. So, yeah, does a little bit of everything uh, and did a little bit of everything this last season. He decommitted from North Dakota State in October they, along with a lot of other schools, had him at safety coming in. And the difference for for UNI and, and Coach Gans, Coach Joe Gans, who leads the receiver group at UNI, who was the primary recruiter of of Larkin, is that they believe him believe in him in that wide receiver position too. And for me, when I look at his tape, his his huddle specifically, I understand why a lot of these FCS schools saw him as strictly a safety or or maybe having some positional versatility, but they looked at him as a safety. He's big, strong, not quite as fast as I'd like my stud receivers to be. And he is a three-star recruit. So when you look at that, you see three-star, you see talent. He can go up and get the ball. He can run routes fairly well. Um, he's, he's, he's great off, off the snap. He, he, he's wide open a lot. He finds the, the open parts of the zone. And so He's, he's a talented kid. What I want him to work on is speed. And we'll get onto that again in a second. But in terms of the other offers he had, he was offered by Akron Army. And I believe that's it for group of five schools. And then South Dakota State, North Dakota, Austin P, Illinois State, Indiana State, Fordham, Eastern Illinois. And he also had an offer from Montana State, who was the other school that that wanted him and that was making a push for him after he decommitted from North Dakota State. Now, he ended up choosing UNI because they had him stick at wide receiver, and that's what he's most comfortable with. That's what he wants to do. Now, again, I really thought that maybe he was going to decommit from North Dakota State to go to a Group of Five school because he had interest from Power Five schools: Iowa, Illinois, Northwestern, all interested. Group of Five. You got Miami of Ohio, Eastern Michigan, Northern Illinois, and then you look again at these FCS offers. US or excuse me, um, looks USD. Uh, Siu and, and again group of five in in Yale Kent State and Central Michigan so he had looks from all across the board you know when you look at that you think maybe he's a preferred walk on maybe he sees the opportunity for nil money maybe he believes in himself and and thinks it's you know big uh, uh, a power five or bust one of those guys which clearly not the case has decided to, to be a UNI football player and will be in Cedar Falls. He's going to start in the spring too. He's not waiting until next fall. He's he's enrolling in classes in the spring so he can be part of spring football, and he says he wants to compete for a position. Now, in regards to competing for a position as a freshman wide receiver at UNI, that doesn't happen very often, especially with a talented group that's coming back this next year. You got, as of right now anyway, you never know what can happen. DeVell Washington, Logan Wolf, Sam Schnee, uh, Desmond Hudson, Uh, Let's see here. Who else? Uh, Well, maybe Alex Allen because of that COVID year in terms of uh, guys who can catch passes. And let's see here. I'm definitely missing names. So again, uh, Deion McShane, Quan Hampton, really the only ones gone from this receiver group of course Tyson Kershaw in there as well he's he's received some snaps and you got Terrence Kamara back too. Brady McCullough who's going to be a redshirt freshman um, and then of course uh, you know some of those guys who who haven't seen a whole lot of the field and like Quincy Morris and and stuff like that Peter Udoibach who entered the portal he will not be around uh, chances are anyway I mean, 53 catches for 896 yards and eight touchdowns. You, you can't just look at that and say, no, I don't think he's going to bring any value to the wide receiver position. So I see it. Again, big-bodied guy who can go up and get it, bring it down in traffic, which is huge, and he runs decent routes. Um, he's not gonna blow you away with his speed but the coaches you know they're gonna get him in the weight room they're gonna get him working on agility stuff I wouldn't be surprised to to see him him really do something um with you and I while he's there again a three-star guy coming in wouldn't be surprised too to see him do some work with Sam Schnee next year because that's how Sam got on the field is working on his speed working on his uh, agility working on running his routes and so I could see that happening, just, you know, because what did, what did Coach Farley do with DeWan Mack and Dale Sean Staley? They said, hey, go watch Benny Sapp. You'll be one of the great defensive backs of all time here at UNI if you go watch Benny Sapp and you go shadow Benny Sapp. Who's to say he doesn't do the same thing with Sam Schnee or any of these other super talented receivers uh, on the roster at UNI, like Desmond Hudson? Um, so... We'll we'll see what they bring. Obviously, I'm really excited that that uh, that uh, Larkin's committing and, and is gonna play or, or enroll in classes in in the spring. So I, I think that's gonna help him a lot. Really help him adjust. Again, really excited about Braylon Camrad, too. You can watch him coming up this next week in the state championship game uh, against uh, Cedar Rapids Xavier, the number one team in the in the state in 4A. They have a South Dakota State commit in Aiden McDermott. So uh, it, it should be a fun match. I believe he's just kind of an athlete. I think he plays all over the field. So it'll be a really fun matchup next week for for Camrad. And and again, we'll, we'll see what we can get from from Larkin I'll put both of their huddle films in the description of the podcast and this clip on YouTube so my name's Elliot uh, at Elliot Clough on Twitter I'm a UNI insider for Town Square Media we're gonna go to break here and and don't go anywhere we got more corn stocks and sports talk coming up here on AM 950 KOEL and KOEL.com signing day was this weekend the Cyclones and coach TJ Otzelberger have locked up one of the best recruiting classes in the country for 2023. On to talk with us now about this Iowa State class is who else but Nick Oson from 24-7 Sports and Cyclone Alert. Uh, Nick, what makes this class stand out that uh, makes them the number six class in the country?
0: Yeah, incredible class, you know, really that the Cyclones have pulled in. I'd say a couple things. You know, first and foremost, it is a four-man class, which kind of how we rate things and how most places do. Is, you know, if you, if you kind of get more uh, quantity in terms of the number of players, and obviously they're good players, which they all are, it kind of helps your general overall score ratings. But in addition, I, I would say this, this class has two things. It has versatility, but it also has that high-end star power. And I know that we'll kind of probably get into each player a little more individually, but they've got legitimately – the highest-rated recruit ever in the history of Iowa State, at least in our 24-7 era, and the third highest. So literally two out of the top three spots. That's going to do some damage. This class was actually already really, really good before they added their their fourth player in the class, Caden Fish. I believe he and Jelani Hamilton are rated similarly by us, kind of that high three-star, low four-star range. And they've got got size and Omaha Blue and Milan Mucilovic. I think Caden brings a lot of versatility. And then Jelani Hamilton, he's got some nice size at the guard position, can handle a little bit, can shoot, and and basically can just score from anywhere. That's kind of his gift. So I would say, you know, the star power on top of the versatility, really, really nice job by the staff. And, you know, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see how they perform at the next level. And I hope that I'm still around to kind of see what they can do here for sure. So you and I talked about uh, Momchilovitch last
1: last time you we were on two weeks ago. Uh, so if you want to learn more about Momchilovitch, you can go back and listen to that episode. But the other really big name who you who you said was Omaha Blue, five star from here in Iowa. That very rarely happens, but he's a five star, and I've heard a lot of good things. I haven't really been able to watch him a ton myself. We've talked about him before with with Scott Peterson from from the Register. What do you expect from from him and Ames, and and will he live up to that five-star hype?
0: Yeah, I've been really impressed. So I actually went to his signing day, so I got to speak with him a little bit in Waukee. And I think he's someone that he's got a ceiling, right, Uh, a very high one at that. Recruiting and projections are often about kind of that ceiling. But, man, the way I've watched him, you know, in Peach Jam and just seen some recent highlights and things like that, I've been a lot more impressed with the floor that he possesses as well. He's someone about 6'8", uh, pretty strong, but still kind of has room on his frame to be able to add some more muscle. And it looks like he already has in some recent highlights. He's someone that can consistently probably guard three through five in college. Probably has the you know length and a little bit of that quickness to, to get some of the twos and shooting guards as well. So legitimately three or four spots. He can pass. He can rebound. But when you watch him, you will see nobody really brings it on the court more than him. He works incredibly hard. Like I said, he's a defender. And it appears to me, from what I've been seeing recently, that he's been working on that jump shot as well. So my expectations, those are a lot of things that he can do. And I would basically say, you know, enjoy Omaha while he is in a Cyclones uniform because he is someone that I do believe can get to the NBA and can probably do so rather quickly as long as his game continues to ascend. And based on what I've seen from him and knowing how good his coaching staff is here in Ames, I think that will be able to happen.
1: So you mentioned the jump shot. I was actually going to ask about that. From what I've seen, he looks like just like a stupid good athlete. Like his ability to play defense, like you mentioned, three through five, but he's also explosive. So that jump shot, it's looking like it's legit too now?
0: Yeah. You know, I'm not going to say that he's he's necessarily going to step out there and be the best shooter on the floor. And I don't think it's, you know, the best interest for him or really anyone within his, his team or his future team to kind of fall back on him just being a jump shooter or anything. But in terms of comfort, release point, things like that, that I, I again, I watched the Peace, Peach Jam and I'll certainly be making my way to Waukee for some games. I'm sure we'll be doing some more of these, Elliot, throughout the year. But I would definitely say so. And what's so cool about this class, I don't know how I didn't mention this in the open, but it's like all of the pieces, and it's going to sound cliche, but it, but it's true, can fit together really well. I mentioned Omaha's strengths. Like Elliot said, obviously you can go back and listen to what I kind of talked about, Momchilovich but he is a lights-out shooter. He can pass really just a star offensively, is Momchilovich Jelani's kind of that one guard, the lone guard in the you know, quartet of players that Iowa State has here. And then Caden Fish is just kind of able to, you know, fill in the spots basically. He can shoot, I'd say comfortably from probably 6 to 15, 16 feet comfortably. He can shoot from three a little bit as well. He's got a good-looking jump shot, can pass. But he's kind of your, you know, get in the post, play bigger than his size, get physical, defend. And so they all kind of fit together well. And that's why I can comfortably say, you know, I've spoken with them, especially Omaha, Milan, and Caden recently, and have kind of put some articles out about this. They are excited about the way that they're going to be able to fit in, and I'm excited not as a, you know, I didn't grow up a Cyclones fan or not even as a reporter, but as a fan of the sport to see how it all comes together with these players and obviously Coach Otzelberger and this terrific staff. I'm really excited, Elliot, and I do think it is a class that has the potential, as long as they stick together, to really live up to some of those expectations.
1: So you so you you mentioned the the fit and then like just aesthetically, it sounds like because you got a shooter, you got an athlete who can defend, you got Caden Fish, you can do several different things well, and then Mom Chilovich, you can shoot lights out like that just sounds. And of course, I don't know enough about Jelani. I'll ask you about him more. But it just aesthetically, again, as a basketball fan, like you mentioned, sounds like it's going to fit um, Omaha and and Caden were teammates for the Mocan Elite, correct?
0: Yeah, okay. yep, spot on. They were AAU teammates um, and are actually really, really good friends. I mean, they both kind of hit on that with me, especially Caden. I got the chance to spend probably a good, you know, hour, hour and a half or so speaking, you know, with him and, and some of his coaches down in uh, Staley, Staley High School in Kansas City. And so, yeah, it's cool. The chemistry that they have. And, you know, I don't even have to just kind of say it or put it out there. It's truly You can see that type of chemistry when you watch them. And I saw it watching Peach Jam. I was not at the tournament, but kind of being around here and watching as much as I could, you know, kind of in the same spot. It's it's cool. And again, I I'm somebody that lives in the moment. And I think that this 2022-23 team is going to be really fun in Ames. But I'm very excited to see what that class can do in 23.
1: Now, of course, with transfers and such, not everybody's going to be around from this roster to next year. But the the fit with these four guys, is there a fit with the current roster too for the guys that are going to be around uh, for however many years uh, ahead for Ames?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, it really kind of depends on who's back. Like this team is going to lose a lot of their top guys in, you know, Gabe Kelcher, Jaron Holmes, Oshun Oshuni. Uh, but yeah, I would have to say it actually... Fits nearly perfectly because at the point you're going to have Jeremiah Williams healthy and Taman Lipsy. I remember I've talked about Williams with you on here. They're guys that you know are going to facilitate and defend. Might not shoot a ton. Oh, and I'm not saying he'll start right away. (laughs) The Hamilton, plug him in. He, He was, he will be expected to play early on. He's the guy that can basically get you a jumper, you know, kind of on the perimeter. Then guys like, Eli King, Demary, and Watson, who both showed me some things in their first game, they will be back, expectedly. And that's when you kind of look to the post. Okay, you can plug in Momchilovich here, Balu. You can maybe run a little small and play, you know, Munchil- like Watson, Momchilovich, Balu have a bunch of kind of six, seven, six, eight guys running 3 through 5. I-, I think the fit's really good, and I definitely think that it was, you know, pretty intentional in how the staff kind of put this class together.
1: Now, Oshuni is obviously a, a pretty solid athlete for being that size, great defensively. Do you think they'll go back to the portal to try to get somebody like that for another year or or two years after this season?
0: Um, He is awesome, by the way. I've been really impressed speaking with him, watching him play. I think he's going to be a difference maker. I'm not so sure about that. It'll be interesting to see, you know, kind of if, if Robert Jones continues to get better and if he comes back, because I think he still has his COVID year. Uh, Hassan Ward will be back he's still got that eligibility so you know I'd say that might not be the position I would pick right now but it's also hard to pass up on you know guys like that if you're able to get them obviously again a huge addition but yeah it'll be interesting to see and I think a lot of that will kind of depend on progression and who really comes back I also should mention Caleb Grill I, I would think he would probably be back he certainly has the eligibility he's starting now has improved on defense and has a comfortable-looking jump shot that he's looking to, you know, be a little more efficient with this season.
1: My curiosity peaked and got the best of me. Back to the recruiting class, uh, Jelani Hamilton. Like I said, he's he's from Georgia. I know pretty much nothing about his game. I know you said something about uh, getting jump shots at the three-point line. Uh, is he a creator? Is he a catch-and-shoot guy? What is he going to bring to the team? Obviously, uh, a six-six shooting guard, another four-star guy.
0: Yeah, he's a really, so he's someone that his talent is off the charts, but I think that, you know, his efficiency could get better. Uh, Somebody around our network noted that, and that kind of lines up with some of the numbers I've seen. But he's got size. He's actually a really kind of natural defender. Like, I'm not sure if you'd call that a strength, but just with kind of his work ethic, what he brings to the floor, and some of the length that he possesses, he can do that. And I would say he's he he can catch and shoot, but he's actually he's really good creating for himself. I'm not sure kind of some of his uh facilitating and creating numbers for maybe teammates. But then again, I don't think that's necessarily going to be something that he's asked to do right away because Iowa State will have at least a couple point guards, you know, on the roster. And that's also a spot you can look to in, in the portal if ever need be, obviously. I don't think that's an expectation though, because I think Taman Lipsy is going to be a legit big 12 point guard for a long time. And I feel that Jeremiah Williams, there was a lot of excitement around him as well. So, yeah, I don't think that'll be something asked of Hamilton. But, you know, I keep I keep smiling if people are listening (laughs) or watching because I wrote a ton about this class throughout and then this week. But it's just cool to see. Yeah, they could be pretty special because they fit so well together, like the multiple pieces to the puzzle.
1: Now, moving on a little bit here on Corn Stocks and Sports Talk, of course, we're talking with Nick Osen from 247 Sports about this 2023 basketball recruiting class for Iowa State. Would you say that Caden Fish, I mean, obviously, uh, prior to his commitment to Iowa State and the offer from Iowa State, it was a lot of just mid-major programs. Of course, Xavier came in with an offer. I think there was another other uh, Power Six conference that that offered but i uh, i mean UNI was right in the mix in, in offering of course they offered a uh, uh, Kyle Poke his Mocan another Mocan elite guy um who ended up choosing Isle or UNI uh for for fish being a three star guy do you think that maybe he's being overlooked compared to the rest of this class because he got a five star and two four stars Is he a guy that that has some real potential and and maybe he's not being thought of when when you bring up the, the 2023 recruiting class?
0: Nationally, I think that's a really good question. and The answer might be yes, but I can tell you and, you know, maybe some of my readers will be listening to your show. I've been impressed with their basketball acumen and kind of knowing what it actually takes to be successful in the Big 12, because I've got multiple people saying he's my favorite player in the class. I can't wait to see Caden more than anyone. And I think that's because he kind of embodies the, uh, you know, kind of work ethic and mentality that TJ Alselberger and the staff seem to kind of personify and bring out. And, and honestly, I think he's going to be really good. You know, I think he's someone that'll obviously probably be in college three or four years, but, you know, if he continues to develop those skills while still being kind of that, hard worker that's not afraid to you know basically get physical in the post and things of that nature I, I think he can be really good and I would say closely like around Ames and Cyclones fans I wouldn't say he's really getting overlooked right now I know a, a
1: lot of folks were pretty excited about him when when he got the offer from UNI and clearly for good reason because he ended up at a power five power six school uh last thing uh, a couple things before we let you go Nick um, anybody uh, you're watching at the, uh, Iowa high school state football playoffs that, that are Iowa state recruits right now.
0: Yeah. So I'm actually, I'm hoping to get to the dome, uh, which is, you know, kind of more your neck of the woods, uh, next week. So I assume I'd have to kind of be, uh, you know, looking out for guys like Abu Sama, who is a commit and a couple targets as well, like Connor Moberly, Uh, who's, you know, kind of being looked at at quarterback, both for Southeast Polk. I never have an issue watching a five-star tackle in Caden Proctor. Obviously, he's not (laughs) a cyclone. But, you know, the talent in this state, and I I didn't even mention everyone, you know, Jackson Smolik at quarterback, there are some really, really good players, especially in this class. And, you know, there's a lot of fun kind of going on between the basketball that we've hit on as well as, you know, the state football playoffs going on at the Dome. One guy that uh, I will
1: tell you to watch if you can is you and I commit Braylon Camrad, man. He's been really fun to watch. He's not really huge on 24 seven or rivals or anything, but he had a great game last night, three touchdown passes in the first half. So we talked about him on that first segment. So it's on the brain. Anyway, uh, before we let you go, every time we've talked to Iowa state football, they've lost. So, (laughs) so uh, should we just leave it as is, is there anything you want to talk about before the game today?
0: That's crazy. Yeah, I don't want to jinx my uh, readers and fans here. I will say it's all going to come down to, I think, really who plays quarterback for Oklahoma State. I think either way, Iowa State can win this game. I think they do win if Oklahoma State is still kind of rolling with their backup quarterback. Spencer Sanders has been dealing with some injury. But again, even if he's just coming back, you do know how much I trust John Haycock and that Cyclones defense. So it'll be interesting, I will say, and I've gone on other – you know, shows, so I'm happy to put it on here. I still think there's a decent chance that this Cyclones team gets to a bowl game.
1: There you go. You can trust John Haycock. Tom Manning might be another another thing. But anyway, Nick Osen from 24-7 Sports and Cyclone Alert here joining us on this Saturday morning on Cornstocks and Sports Talk on AM 950, KOEL, and KOEL.com. Follow him on Twitter, Iowa State fans, at the Real Nick TheRealNickOsen, always going to get you great stuff. We appreciate you, brother. All righty. Don't go anywhere. We got Sean Bach from, again, 24-7 Sports, this time from Hawkeye Insider, talking about that 2023 recruiting class for Iowa. Three top 150 recruits for the Hawkeyes. This one's going to be fun. Don't go anywhere. That's coming up next on Cornstalks and Sports Talk on AM 950, KOEL, and KOEL.com. So like I said on that first segment here on Cornstocks Sports Talk on AM 950, KOEL, and KOEL.com, National Signing Day took place this week, and Iowa has a pretty solid class, including a brother of a current player. Joining us to talk about the 2023 basketball class is recruiting reporter over uh, at 24-7 Sports, covering the Hawkeyes, Sean Bach. Sean, Three players in the top 150 in this class. Are you impressed with with what Coach McCaffrey and and company ha, have done with this class?
2: Yeah, most definitely, and I think things got started in a really good way probably 13 months ago with Owen Freeman, who was originally from Bradley Bourbonnais, which is in the southern suburbs of Chicago, more towards uh, Champaign a little bit, but Iowa got I would say a surprise commitment from him after official visit weekend. Wisconsin was another school that was high for him, but no one really expected him to, you know, commit to the Hawkeyes after that official visit. And he didn't expect himself to commit either, but he ended up, uh, ended up committing the Hawkeyes. And, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about later how he fits, but he was, he really set the foundation for this class and adding his AAU teammate, Brock Harding, who Iowa was the only, I made your offer to to uh comfort him, but there was more probably coming had he not committed earlier. He's kind of what you want in an Iowa point guard. Obviously, the size is give me a question mark, but I think from a pure skill standpoint, a pure, you know, fit standpoint, it's really perfect for Iowa. And then Price Samper too, obviously was icing on the cake. And while they missed on a couple other guys after Price, Price is what you want in a wing. And iowa feels that he can come in and make 60 73 pointers as a freshman and that's a pretty you know promising role to have as a freshman i think Peyton probably made somewhere around maybe uh i'm not going to give you the exact number it's (laughs) i'm trying i'm trying to search it right now but he hit um 34 threes last year and he was primarily a a three-point shooter and while Obviously, he'd like to have some of those back. I think he's a better shooter than what he showed last year. They're expecting Price to come in and play that similar role. So if you're Iowa, I think you got to be happy with this class. Obviously, some of the misses were, were pretty big. I mean, J.P. Estrella going to Tennessee. Um, they had another guy coming on campus, Jane Hastings, who ended up committing to Boston College. And there were a number of other guys, too, where, you know, Iowa's missed on. They have, a couple of, they have one other guy in the 2023 class that they're really high on that's making a decision sometime in the next couple of days. So they're hoping they can get him. But if you're looking at this class from a pure number standpoint, a pure fit standpoint, it's right up Fray McCaffrey's alley. You want four to five year players, probably four for each of these guys. I don't know if I see any of them red shirting next year, but you want, you have four guys or three guys, excuse me, that can come in, make an early impact and can continue to progressively get better. You know, they're not gonna show everything that they can in their first year, but that's okay. I mean, if they I think Iowa would love to have multiple Tony Perkins types players, multiple Patrick McCaffrey type players. I know Connor McCaffrey's drawing a lot of flack, but Connor McCaffrey type players and Peyton Sanford type players who's still pretty early in his career. So there's a lot to like about this group, I think, from a you know, just fit standpoint and their skill sets all really gel with each other too. And, you know, it's it's really the perfect fit for all of them.
1: So we'll talk uh, uh, specifically about skill sets in a, in a second and what they they'll bring to, to Iowa, but in just the few things that I've done in, in the research uh, of this class, Owen Freeman, 6'11", Price Sanford, 6'7", obviously these guys are young. They could continue to grow. Uh, how important was, was adding some size with this class? I mean, because <laughs> I think it's uh, common knowledge that they're not going to be great in, in terms of uh, defending the, the basket right around the basket this season.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it's more versatility was what was important because Freeman, you could play him at the four or five price. You can honestly play through the one through four, Um, you know, probably the two through four, but maybe more of that two or three spot. But I think he'll be a similar, you know, fit to his brother. So I would say versatility was one of the main things with this group, obviously with Harding. He's more of a true point guard, but Iowa thinks that he can play at the two as well. So I think versatility, that was that was the key factor. Guys that can play multiple spots, kind of fit into what Iowa is doing now so they can have multiple lineups. Multiple guys at each spot to kind of change things up a little bit. And I mean, adding size has been a priority for Iowa in this class, but they just haven't been able to do it. I mean, getting Freeman was definitely important, but they want to get another four or five guy that not necessarily is a true center, But a guy that can be versatile and can be athletic, can be long and play either that four or five spot—not as much the three, but more four or five—and you know, add that extra athleticism, add that extra size down there. I mean, not necessarily a Chris Murray or Keegan Murray type player, but more of like a Philip or Bracha in in more athletic way and probably a little longer in how he can you know rebound, score around the rim, be active down there and. You know, play multiple spots and not necessarily make early contributions, but you know, contribute 10 or 12 minutes if need be early in their careers.
1: Again, we're talking with Sean Bach from hawkeyeinsider.com and 24-7 sports about the 2023 recruiting class for Iowa men's basketball. So versatility, athleticism, big emphasis uh, for this shooting. class. Shooting, shooting too. Shooting. I should have
2: mentioned that. Shooting Iowa has placed a, a premium on shooting the basketball. And Owen Freeman's not overly there yet. I think he can get there from being a, you know, somewhat respectable three-point shooter. Price Sanford, that's his calling card right now, or at least early in his career. And I know Iowa fans, it's a really cliche comparison. I mean, I don't think he's the shooter that Jordan Bohannon was, but Brock is is quicker than Bohannon, very quicker than Bohannon. You know, is more of a playmaker, I would say, with his speed and how he can set guys up. I think that's going to be his true you know, role in his first year, his first early years, or most of his career at Iowa. But what really sold Iowa on parting was his ability to shoot the basketball and his improvement that he's shown because he was not a consistent knockdown shooter early on in his career. Now you see him pulling up from 25, 23, 25, 23 feet, knocking down these threes off the dribble, coming off the catch, you know, off dribble handoffs, different ways that he can can shoot the three-pointer, and that's really helped, too, with with his skill set because he's a really quick guy who can get into the lane, can penetrate, can run fast breaks and run transition, finish at the basket, but his three-point shooting ability is what's going to make him, you know, even more of a dangerous offensive threat so teams can't just, you know, lay off him and try and prevent that penetration or that dribble drive
1: all right we got the three things we got shooting athleticism and versatility (laughs) so as individuals what else did uh do these guys bring to the table what else did, did uh did attract them or or get the the Iowa basketball program to be attracted to these players to to add them to this 2023 class
2: yeah I would say with Freeman like I said before he's he's still got a I think he's probably got the highest ceiling of anyone in this class he's Around 6'10, 6'11, pretty skilled guy, really needs to develop more of that alpha personality, but you don't really see that until college um, in some guys. And, you know, once he gets that, once he adds on more strength up top, I think he's going to be a really good player in the post and can be really creative with post moves. He's a good passer can rebound pretty well, just need to see how much he can be, you know, with that. and. Put on when he puts on that strength too, I think that's gonna be really vital for him. And defensively, he's a guy who's not gonna be a traditional shot blocker who's really gonna block everything. But he can, you know, contest at the rim, can guard on the perimeter a little bit, can guard well in ball screens. And I think that's really important with him. And you know, like I said, the ceiling and they they think he can come in and make an impact too. And he's going to need to um depending on what Iowa does in the transfer portal. I do think they get a big man in the transfer portal eventually and obviously they're going to want to get another big man in this class with Laji Dembele being the top guy. Um, so he he can come in and make an impact. And then Price, like I mentioned before, shooting, spacing, kind of similar to Peyton in a way, but also kind of different. I think Price is more of a smooth score and a guy that, you know, can set you up well in, in half-court situations more than Peyton could. I think Peyton really thrived off, you know, getting off the ball and playing off the ball and, kind of be more of a set shooter. He could, he could knock down, you know, he, you know, knock down Bucketeer there. But I think Price is more of a respectable three level scorer, if that makes sense. And the guy that can get to the lane, and get to mid-range and knock down those shots. Like he's pretty smooth. And that was one of the things that Iowa really liked. His defense is getting better. I think he was overall a better athlete than Peyton was in high school, but that's still going to be his where he needs to improve once he gets to Iowa. And with Harding, I think I kind of went on a little bit of a tangent with him too. But when you watch this kid, it's so amazing to see how he can play at such a fast pace and such a hectic, quick pace and make the smart decisions that he does while also taking care of the basketball. He – I mean, a lot of people, some of the comparisons, obviously throwing on Jordan Bohannon because he's undersized and everything like that, but from a pure just – you know. I, I really can't make, I mean, Joe Toussaint's going to be a comparison that's thrown around too, but Brock is a much more polished offensive player than Joe was coming into high school. Joe was kind of more that physical, you know, defender that could, you know, his strength was really a strong super him and could make plays for you. But Brock, even with how fast he plays, is just so much more under control now. He's going to make mistakes from time to time. It's it's a big adjustment to the Big Ten, but And I mean, physically, too, that's going to be where, you know, he might have some struggles, too, because he's not he's six foot and he can compete at that size, but he's not necessarily wide. He's more narrow and he has really narrow shoulders. So that's one thing where a lot of high major coaches were like, "Okay, like we love this kid's game. We love his fit. But how is he going to compete physically if we were to take him or how like defenses could take advantage of that? So. I'm really interested to see how he fits with that. I'm interested to see how Fran McCaffrey talks about it today too and how, you know, he could potentially fit defensively. But I think from a pure point guard standpoint, and just a pure, you know, skill set, this move for Harding for to Iowa makes a lot of sense. I went, I mean, I have a VIP it on our site and in talking to a couple mid-major coaches at a few tournaments this year, they love the fit at the mid-major level for Harding. But if anyone's going to, if any program at the high major level is going to fit Harding, it's going to be Iowa.
1: Okay, so uh, there's there's your lowdown on all three of those guys of this 2023 class. Uh, here with Sean Bach from 24-7 Sports on Stocks and Sports Talk on AM950, KOEL, and KOEL.com. Now, who and what most excites you out of this class? Or, or maybe not just you, but what should excite the the Iowa fan base?
2: Man, that's a good question. Because, I mean, I think this, looking back, I think it's the first time that Iowa has had three top 150 commits or signees in a class. So, I mean, all of them bring their own special, you know, strength to this class and special fit. I think from an upside perspective, Owen Freeman, if he continues to put on weight, I mean, he's skilled, he's just got to, you know, keep developing that alpha mentality and, You know, I've seen him do it sometimes. Some of the guys he's gone up against this summer, and he's been spectacular. He's looked like a future All-League player in the Big Ten. So I think from a pure upside perspective, and, I mean, Iowa has had a really good history, especially Fran McCaffrey has had a really good history with developing big men. And obviously with Keegan Murray, or, I mean, with Luka Garza in the past coming through, and people are going to be like, oh, like, what could Owen develop? I mean, I think Owen looking at him just has a higher ceiling than Luka Garza had in high school and that's saying that's saying that's saying a lot. That's pretty uh that's probably the first time I've ever said that out loud, but that's I <laughs> Breaking think that's, news on stocks. the sports yeah. talk. <laughs> I mean Garza no one could no one could touch, like touch his alpha mentality and the way he was just wanting to get better and just how physical and you know wanting to you know get to that next level. If Owen can get that, I'm not saying he does, but it's hard to reach Luca's level. Owen wants to get to that level; he's you known about hard worker, everything. If he can get that and develop the way, you know, and be on like, not going to say he's going to put up the numbers, but I think from an NBA perspective, Owen has a much higher ceiling than maybe Luca Garza does. So that's probably that's lofty expectations on a kid. And if he gets it all figured out, then I think you know that's his ceiling price. I think may make the one of the bigger roles this next year as a shooter. I think perimeter shooting is gonna be really important. It's gonna be fun to watch him alongside his brother um if they're on the court at the same time. They might punch each other if they're on the court at the same time. That's just how kind of how they are with each other. But um that perspective I think he'll be a really good scorer, a really good you know fit guy in there. And then Harding too. I mean I know he's he's not gonna have the three point shooting career that Jordan Bohannon has, but he is going to be one of the more exciting players in the Fran McCaffrey era. I mean Jeff Goodman said it on, um, you know, when he saw him in the summer that he's going to, you know, make Fran McCaffrey lose hair, but maybe he does from time to time, but from a pure just like quickness and playmaking style, like there is a lot to like about Brock Harding and he's going to be a really fun player to watch over the next couple of years. I mean, I could see a lot of people, I'm, I'm not going to say he's going to be up there with Jordan Bohannon is one of the most well-known guys, but he's definitely going to be a fan favorite for a lot of people with the way that he plays.
1: Sean Bach joining us here on corn Stocks and sports talk this Saturday morning, always bringing it like he does at S two four seven on Twitter. Go give him a follow for all Iowa men's basketball, football, and recruiting for Hawkeyes 24 seven sports. Sean, we appreciate you, man. Yep. Thank you. Elliot. Right. All right, folks, that was another week's episode of Cornstalks and Sports Talk. Do not forget before you go, make sure wherever you are listening, you hit that subscribe, follow, like, rate, review button, wherever you're at. YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, please leave those rates and reviews. Subscribe, follow, that does help us out, that helps us reach more people and get more Focus on Iowa sports here in the Cedar Valley and across the Hawkeye State for that matter. Once again, my name is Elliot Clough, at Elliot Clough on Twitter. I'm a UNI insider for Town Square Media. And this was another week's episode of Cornstalks and Sports Talk.